this bulletin. Northern Territory passes legislation reinstating alcohol bans throughout the territory, a first since the 2007 intervention. The Reserve Bank of Australia questioned on interest rate hikes and a visit from the Vanuatu Prime Minister. The Northern Territory Parliament has passed new legislation reinstating alcohol bans throughout the territory in what the territory opposition is calling a policy backflip from the Labour Party. The legislation passed Parliament last night and is expected to take effect by the end of the week. The renewed bans mean that takeaway alcohol will once again be prohibited in Aboriginal town camps and remote communities that lost those rights following the controversial 2007 intervention. The opposition country Liberal Party supported the legislation despite opposition whip Josh Burgoyne telling Sky News that Northern Territory Chief Minister Natasha Files was refusing to admit her government's mistake. Here in the Northern Territory essentially opened the floodgates to alcohol in July of last year and what we've seen since then is a supercharging in crime statistics and this week in Parliament Labor have to backflip, they have to go back on their ideology based policy and basically say that they got it wrong. Unfortunately the Chief Minister has been far from admitting that. The Reserve Bank of Australia's Governor Philip Lowe is now facing parliamentary scrutiny following a series of recent interest rate hikes. It comes following a ninth interest rate hike to counter inflation with a recent lift to 3.35% last week, the latest increase in this policy cycle. The central bank has forecast more interest rates, rate rises to combat inflation, which rose by 7.8% annually in the December quarter. Mr. Law claims that uh, the job of the Reserve Bank is to make sure that inflation keeps going down. The, uh, the decision-making really is um, around the, the centre point is the inflation target and the inflation outcomes. I mean, inflation at the moment, 7.8%, is way too high. It needs to come down. So that's um, our primary consideration. When we take our decisions each month, we're looking at the, the data on inflation, the data on the labour market, how household spending is evolving and how the global economy is evolving. The CBA, Commonwealth Bank of Australia, has reported a record half-year profit due to rising interest rates and home and business lending growth. The lending giant recorded a cash profit of $5.15 billion, which is a 9% increase from the previous year. CBA Chief Executive Matt McComin attributed the results to volume growth and recovery in margins as interest rates rose from historic lows. Spokespeople in Parliament are calling for vigilance around skin health as the Parliamentary Friends of Melanoma and Skin Cancer Awareness Group launched in Canberra today. Skin checks can help identify early melanomas or other types of dangerous cancers, according to Cancer Council Australia. The Australian Institute of Health and Welfare estimated skin cancer accounts for 11% of new cancer diagnoses in 2022. Education Minister Jason Clare says it's crucial to be proactive with your own skin health. Over the last few years, a lot of people have put off getting their own skin check, and that's partly because of COVID, but that means that a lot of people have got skin cancer still on their bodies that are growing. So we want to encourage Australians 
right across the country today to go and book a skin check with your GP. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has welcomed his Vanuatu counterpart to Parliament months after signing a security deal with the Pacific Island nation. Alatoi Ishmael Kalsakao's arrival was greeted with a gun salute as he inspected the Guard of Honor in the parliamentary forecast for court. The Vanuatu Prime Minister is joined by his Trade and Business Minister and his Agriculture Minister with discussions also set to cover trade cooperation. Mr Albanese says his government would listen to Vanuatu's concerns as it tackles natural disasters and the impacts of climate change. Our relations are very important and today I'll be uh, listening uh, to what we can do to assist your economic development. Of course we have a common interest as part of the Pacific family in security issues and I very much welcome uh, the signing of the landmark uh, bilateral security agreement uh, that we have made. The first cross-sectoral meeting involving banks, telecommunications companies and social media platforms has been held today to address growing issues of scams and consumer fraud. Earlier this year, Anston Young reported that scams may cost the Australian economy as much as $4 billion in 2022. According to the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, a scam is a way of tricking people into handing over money or personal details. Minister for Financial Services Stephen Jones says a coordinated approach is needed between all relevant entities to effectively tackle this issue. So the challenge, setting up a national anti-scam centre, ensuring that we can act quickly and in real time when we see these frauds and scams out in the field, acting quickly to shut them down, to ensure the telecommunications companies, if they're getting the stuff coming through on their systems, can alert the banks. Social media platforms are pulling things down when we need to, to ensure that we're not spreading the information about these insidious scams. The Greens have agreed to support a key component of the federal government's climate policy in exchange for a promise to halt new coal and gas projects. The government has devised a safeguard mechanism to limit pollution from Australia's 215 largest polluters. If the bill is approved by Parliament, companies that emit more than the allowed amount will be required to purchase carbon offset credits or trade emissions with other companies. Even though Greens leader Adam Band has reservations about other aspects of the plan, he says the party will put those reservations aside if the government agrees to stop approving new coal and gas projects. A major bushfire continues to challenge firefighters in Queensland's Western Downs region as blazes damage dozens of structures in the regional area. Emergency warnings have been downgraded to watch and act notices for residents to the north of the small town of Miles, about 300 kilometres northwest of Brisbane. Queensland Fire and Emergency Services State Coordinator Steve DePinto told Channel 7 it's been a huge effort to control the situation. It has been, been very busy in the states under pressure. It's sort of not unusual for a state like Queensland and Last night we had the SES uh, reported to uh, have attended about 70 incidents and then as you know we've got the fires out in, in southwest Queensland being quite a, a diverse state it often happens you have both extremes at the same time. Queensland continues to bear the brunt of wild weather conditions as the Bureau of Meteorology issues a severe weather warning for heavy rainfall in north Queensland.
Extreme rainfall is expected to hit Cape York Peninsula and will, will slowly extend southwards. As Cyclone Gabrielle wreaked havoc across New Zealand, Climate Change Minister James Shaw condemns the global lack of action on climate change. At least three cyclone-related deaths have been confirmed with fears that the toll will rise as communications with remote towns cut off by the storm are restored. The Hawke's Bay region appears to be the hardest hit, with approximately 9,000 people displaced as a result of burst rivers and flooding in a string of towns and suburbs. Mr. Shaw criticizes the lack of climate change action, saying something needs to be done. I don't think I've ever felt as sad or as angry about the lost decades that we spent bickering and arguing about whether climate change was real or not, whether it was caused by humans or not, whether it was bad or not, whether we should do something about it uh, or not, because it is clearly uh, here now. Uh, And if we do not act, it will get worse. Former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley has received approval from supporters following her announcement that she would run against Donald Trump for the presidency of the United States in 2024. The 51-year-old former South Carolina governor and Indian immigrant will run against fellow Republican candidate Donald Trump. Residents of South Carolina, where she was previously governor, believe she is qualified for the position. I think that's amazing. She did a great job here as governor in South Carolina. I think she'd make a fine president. Go for it, Nikki. If you could beat Donald Trump, I'll be happy. Go for it, Nikki. You did a great job in South Carolina. You did a great job at the U.N., Love to get you in the White House. And to sport, Australian cricketers Georgie Wareham and uh, Meg Lanning have handed defending champions Australia an eight-wicket win over Bangladesh at the T20 World Cup. After almost 16 months off due to a brutal ACL injury, Wareham's 3-20 against Bangladesh helped Australia maintain their unbeaten run at the tournament so far. Australia will face Sri Lanka later this week. And now having a look at the weather around the country this Wednesday afternoon, Broome, partly cloudy, 32, Perth, partly cloudy, 26, Adelaide, sunny, 35, Melbourne, mostly sunny, 31, Hobart, mostly sunny, 26, Albury, mostly sunny as well, at the top of 28, Canberra, partly cloudy, 28, Wollongong, partly cloudy, 25, Sydney, much the same, 27, Newcastle, partly cloudy, 27, Brisbane, possible shower, 29, Townsville, cloudy day, 29, Keynes, a shower, 230, Alice Springs, sunny, 33, Darwin, a shower, 20, top of 33, and the Torres Strait Islands, a mostly cloudy day, and a top of 30 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News.